Welcome into 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we're going to react to the San Francisco 49ers 33-17 victory over the Miami Dolphins, including Jimmy Garoppolo's season-ending injury, the Brock Purdy era beginning in San Francisco, the defense coming up big when matters most, and where does San Francisco now find itself in the NFC? Can they still make a long postseason run? We're going to dive into all of that because this game, it was a great win for San Francisco. It was a win that I said really didn't matter, but you wanted to have it, but it didn't really matter when it came to where this team would find itself at the end of the season. A loss to the Dolphins didn't mean much to San Francisco's playoff implications. You beat the Bucks, you beat the Seahawks, you're likely going to make the playoffs with at least nine wins. Now, that was with the understanding that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be healthy the remainder of the season, or at least be healthy for the most part of the second half of the season. And look, <laughs> it's really hard to wrap my mind around what we witnessed on Sunday against the Dolphins. That first drive of the game, seeing Jimmy Garoppolo get sacked, you thought, okay, look at the sack, you get three points, you move on. Then you check Twitter and say, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is limping. Then the, the the game comes back on TV and you see that he's being carted off to the locker room. And my first reaction was, okay, maybe it's an ankle sprain, one to two weeks at the worst, six to eight weeks. We'll see it back come the end of the season. You go on a seven games thus far, we'll be okay. Like, we're going to be fine, but there are levels of stress. And then you realize he's getting x-rays. Brock Purdy's in the game, and you're thinking, okay. On paper, I didn't think we were likely going to win this game anyways. Having Brock Purdy play, does it give you a better chance to win? Probably not. Like, these are all of the, the things going through my mind, okay. Like, trying to convince myself Garoppolo's going to be fine, going to be okay. And even if Brock Purdy plays and we lose this game, whatever, you live to fight another day. Then Jimmy Garoppolo gets uh, goes from questionable to labeled as out. Then they keep playing the freaking replay. And you're like, oh my God, did he break his ankle? Then it goes from ankle to foot injury, and we're just sitting there. And as soon as I saw the replay for the second or third time and saw the photo circulating on Twitter, my mind went to oh my goodness, uh, the season's over. Like, the Niners' season is done. There ain't no way Brock Purdy, seventh round Mr. Irrelevant, can not only win this game against the Dolphins, but there ain't no way he's beaten Brady in Seattle and Seattle, and there ain't no way he's going to Dallas and Minnesota and Philadelphia, where... My mind, along with plenty of other Niner fans, was like, we have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Like, other teams, if you ask their fans, were like, yeah, like, out of all the teams in the NFC, we're scared of San Francisco. And that's where I think many fans were coming into this game. And my heart is broken. And I know Garoppolo's made over hundreds of millions of dollars, and he's a handsome guy. None of that matters. Like, fans trying to be like, well, he'll be fine. 
none of that matters. To to see Jimmy Garoppolo in his post-game press conference to end last season after the Rams loss, holding back tears, to see in his end-of-the-year press conference tell this fan base goodbye, see ya, only for him to be told, hey, you want to come back? And for him to actually accept those terms and come back and then fill in for Trey when he got hurt and the team going on this run, this year felt like, okay, it's the last year of Jimmy Garoppolo's contract, his initial contract extension in 2017-2018 offseason. This will be his last hurrah. Last year was supposed to be that. This year will be that. And, and I'm thinking Super Bowl victory. You know, you, you want to think positive thoughts when it comes to a player's final hurrah. When Frank Gore or Joe Staley in 2019 with Staley of like, let's take him out on top. Now, I know different players, different situations, but my mind holds Jimmy Garoppolo to that high of a standard. Now, I would say that I think Joe Staley is much more or, you know, is, is a quote-unquote better Niner than Jimmy Garoppolo, but my point more so is that they mean so much to the organization, the fans, and Jimmy has been through hell. Not just with the fan base, not just with being replaced with Trey Lance, or at least was supposed to be replaced by Trey Lance, and then the issues with Kyle and... All the injuries he's had to go through. Like, his tenure in San Francisco has kind of been tumultuous, and he's just fought through all of it. Of like, I don't care. Like, he's blocked out every single bad thing that has ever happened to him. And for him to be playing the best of his entire career, he had people thinking, now I'm not going to say if they're right or wrong, but... He had people thinking he was a top 10 quarterback. In fact, at least stats-wise, he was playing like a top 10 quarterback. And to see that ripped away from him as a person after fighting through an injury and being replaced and everything we have come to know of the Jimmy Garoppolo story in San Francisco, to see that ripped away on one play. It's not like he's Trey Lance and he's 22 years old yet to prove himself, and that injury already sucked. But to have a player like Jimmy who has been there, done that, who was 10 minutes away from a Super Bowl, 10 minutes away from getting to another Super Bowl, to being replaced in the injuries, it's like, oh my goodness, can this guy catch a break? And this season kind of felt like the break. It felt like him finally getting a chance to breathe, finally getting or or being able to whether it's reestablish himself or just kind of play with no restrictions, this year felt like that. And they'd won four games in a row, feeling pretty good about themselves, leading the NFC West. Then all of a sudden, a knee to the ankle on a sack, and boom, season's over with. And that was hard to take as a fan. And I can't imagine being Jimmy Garoppolo being forced to take less money, being told you're not good enough, we're going to replace you with an unproven commodity in Trey Lance, and having to take that at face value and say, okay, 
you know, I'll I'll do what I can. Like, what Jimmy Garoppolo has been through, look, that, that the fact that he can go through the day without being mentally, whether it's irked or frustrated, and I'm sure at times he is, like, that takes mental fortitude to have that. And I just, like, my heart pours out to him. And that's not even really the takeaway from the game. But, look, like, <laughs> I don't know how fans look at this game. And we'll dive into Brock Purdy and the game itself. But, like, I'm not going to play doom and gloom. I started covering this team in 2020 after being a fan for you know, over a decade. Right? My whole life. And I sat through 2020 and did podcast after show after show after show and said, look, like, Levi might make the playoffs. And like, and I, and I went through the whole Trey Lance stuff, and now we're here. And it sucks because just seeing a player get hurt like that, it just rips your heart out, especially one that you have an emotional connection to. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo is one of my favorite players. He is he's a good guy. Just like Trey Lance was, he's a good guy. He doesn't deserve the injury. That you sit there and go, how does this alter your career? And for Trey, it might. For Jimmy, it already has plenty of times and it's doing it again. Like, this may have cost me Garoppolo, whether it's winning games, whether it's a contract extension or a massive new deal elsewhere. He was going to get paid $15-plus million a year to be the new franchise quarterback or likely the franchise quarterback elsewhere. That is gone. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo's future is now even more in question than it was last year when he was supposed to be traded and he wasn't going to be here and he was practicing on the freaking side field at Niners practices in training camp. Like, just from a Jimmy Garoppolo perspective, I can't fathom what he's thinking. But I do want to give credit to this Niners team. Because when that happened, and they found out that he was going to be out for the season uh, during halftime, and Nick Bosa talked about how it felt like when I got hurt, being Nick Bosa in his torn ACL in 2020, of like just this awful, all-consuming feeling coming over you. I mean, Trent Williams talked about how I love Jimmy. Like, Jimmy's a brother to me. Like, he's my quarterback. Like, that's my guy. Like, George Kale talked, Juszczyk talked, even Brock Purdy talked that Jimmy's my brother. And to know, like, look, there's a difference. When Trey Lance got hurt, many fans said that we're better now. Now, that's maybe mistimed and, and not the right place and time to do so, but there were even some rumored players that said Jimmy should have been the quarterback the entire time. And But even that transition is Trey Lance, an unproven commodity, with physical traits that you like to Jimmy Garoppolo, that you already know what you have in him that has won plenty of games. This was Jimmy Garoppolo, who you know that's won plenty of games, to Brock Purdy, who is a seventh-round pick, Mr. Irrelevant, that you really don't know what you got because he's a seventh-round pick. He's not supposed to be here. So I do want to give credit to this team that they they could have packed this thing in. Shanahan, Fred Warner, that defense, Nick Bosa, Debo, Chris McCaffrey, 
They could have packed this thing in and said, we're down 7-3. to three. We lost our quarterback for who knows how long at that point when he got hurt. Game over with. Run the football, pound the rock. We're not going to pass it. And he, here's your win, Mike McDaniel. You got your revenge, Mostert and Wilson and Craycraft and Churchfield. Here you go. But that's not what they did. And it's not like before the injury, they hadn't already got smacked in the mouth because Tua and Churchfield... 75-yard touchdown pass before that. Like, they were down 7-0. Garoppolo gets hurt 7-3, and it's like, wow. What happens next? And again, to their credit, they did not give up. They, they fought hard. And I think that is a testament to this team that they had no idea how long Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be out for at the time. And they said it does not matter. This game is not over and they've been through this plenty of times to know that, yes, this is the NFL. Yes, you have to still do your job. But they've been through this with Garoppolo and Mullins and, and Bethard that you just have to win the game. You win the game, anything can happen. You make a play, anything can happen. And look, Tua was out of sorts early after that first touchdown pass. You're thinking, well... Is this going to be a Chiefs game all over again? Like, oh God, right? But they tightened the screws, they tightened things up, they buttoned themselves up, and they looked like a complete football team on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins, and the defense was amazing. After that first touchdown pass, there was a point in this game, Tua was 7 for 17, 87 yards, no touchdown, was missing left and right and high and low, players were dropping passes, he eventually threw two interceptions. They got four takeaways in this game. Tua also fumbled once. Like, San Francisco's defense, I mean, dominated, dominated the second best offense in football. And I'll, I'll admit to you, I did not think they were going to win this game even with Garoppolo at quarterback. And I think you would agree with me that once Garoppolo hurt, it was pack it in, it's over, <laughs> throw in the towel. And Brock Purdy, I mean, Brocky G, Brocky P, <laughs> was looking pretty good out there on Sunday against the Dolphins. And, and look, I'm not going to come here and say that they're a better team now because they're not. They're not. And again, Brock Purdy is pretty good today. Completed 67, almost 70% of his passes, 210 yards, an 88.6 quarterback rating, two touchdown passes. Like, he was a reason why they won this game. And for a young quarterback, a seventh-round pick, the last pick of the NFL draft this past year to come in and say, look, I know that guy's out, and that guy is your quarterback. Many of you wanted that guy over Trey Lance, who was already here, who's supposed to be your quarterback. I can't replace that guy. I can only be myself and try to get the job done. What did he do? He got the job done. And again, that, that shows guts. That shows moxie. That shows some freaking gigantic cojones going out there saying, look like, I got balls and they're made of steel. And I don't care how many times this Dolphins team blitzes me because they were doing it like crazy in the first half of this game. He faced it head on. Brock Purdy was unafraid to fight through adversity. And that is one characteristic of 
Jimmy G, and I'm not saying it's because Jimmy Garoppolo, but I do think that there are similarities into how they play and who they are as a person. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo on the field has fought through plenty of adversity, right? And Brock Purdy in one game, and even in college, right? Like, people forget that Brock Purdy coming out of his 2019 season at Iowa State, he was a sophomore, threw 27 touchdowns, 9 picks, was supposed to be a top-five quarterback in the NFL draft that year. He got hurt, came back, was never the same. Like, this kid used to be a former first-round top-five quarterback talent and was never the same. So it's not like he's a scrub. He's just unknown. And sometimes that scares people. That's why many fans were like, I don't know if we should go to Trey Lance. We got something good going with Jimmy. Could they be better with Lance? Hopefully, we don't know that. But sometimes the unknown makes people hesitant. Now, San Francisco was full steam ahead. Go Trey Lance. And he got hurt. It happens. Got to move on, right? Now, Garoppolo gets hurt. <laughs> and you're kind of sitting there like, I don't... Okay, <laughs> where do we go from here? And again, Brock Purdy... Brock Purdy reminded me of Brett Favre today. Now, I'm not saying Hall of Famer Brett Favre. I'm just saying the way he played where... He was taking risks, throwing balls into the tightest of windows, like one window pane, and fitting it into holes. Like, the the third down play to Debo Samuel on the last drive of the game, huge play. Smallest freaking window possible. The dropped touchdown to Christian McCaffrey that he dropped. The smallest window possible. That's what elite quarterbacks or, you know, top echelon quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks do. Even in this game where he threw a pick, I didn't mind that pick. Now, I didn't, love, didn't like play call, but I didn't mind the pick. Like, he's unafraid to take a risk. He's sitting in the pocket, taking hits, getting knocked down. He's a smaller guy. He's not your Herberts or your Burrows or your Allens. He's a smaller guy. He's Brocky P. He's not going in there being like, I'm going to physically dominate you. But he's savvy. He has confidence in himself. And that's why he reminds me of Brett Favre. Brett Favre was like, I'll throw three picks. I don't give a you-know-what. But I'm going to take those risks because those risks will eventually allow me to win the game. Help my team win the game. And Brock Purdy did that. He was throwing across the body. Dangerous stuff. But sometimes it's that stuff that leads to a broken play touchdown. And I'm not saying I like that stuff. I'm just saying that. Brock Purdy does have this recklessness to him where he is so he's so unafraid to say, hey, double coverage, I trust myself, I'm confident enough in myself where I can fit that ball into that small of a window. And if I can't, I'm still going to try because that might be the difference in winning and losing. And I think in this game, it's third down, last drive of the game, or at least late in the fourth quarter, third and 10. Hikes the football, immediate pressure right in his face. He's like, oh my God, (laughs) I gotta run. What does he do? Runs to his left, find George Kittle, gets 10 yards, bing, bang, boom, first down, drive keeps moving. Eventually, they score again, 
and the floodgates open up and San Francisco goes on to win, goes to the strip sack. But it's stuff like that where that can quickly make a team buy into you, right? Where we've talked about before where, you know, how does Trey Lance get this team to buy into him? Where Kyle Juszczyk said it was that first touchdown in the Texans game where Trey got his touchdown pass and said, now I'm ready, now I'm good to go. Well, Brock Purdy to me in this game, I don't know how, and it seemed like in all the postgame press conferences, I, I don't know how this team leaves this game saying, look, we know he's not Jimmy. We know he isn't the top 12 quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo. We know he isn't playing the best or the best of his entire life like Jimmy was. We wish it was still Jimmy. But look, what he showed today does give them a vote of confidence that going forward, he might be maybe not the answer, but could be part of the solution, right? Where you don't have Jimmy, you don't have Trey, you now need Brock Purdy. You now need tiny, small, Brocky P to win you a game or at least be a part of the roster that can get you to the playoffs. And that doesn't mean that I'm not worried. That doesn't mean that I'm not a little scared. Like, I do not, like, this team is not better with Brock Purdy than they were with Jimmy Garoppolo. This team, like, right now, if Jimmy Garoppolo played this game, same score, they win the game, he has the exact same stat line. Two touchdowns, you know, completes 67% of his passes, 210 yards, right? Two touchdowns, whatever it is, right? Same stat line. I believe in this team more with Jimmy Garoppolo than I do Brock Purdy. That veteran leadership cannot be overlooked. Like, my mind always goes back to that Green Bay game, and I've talked about it plenty of times. You know, third down, third and 10, Debo Samuel, big running first down in that Packers game, sets up that winning drive for San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo looks at him and goes, you're getting the ball, you're getting this first down, and we're going to win this effing game, right? Brock Purdy's not doing that stuff. And do I fear going to Dallas? Yeah. They put up 54 points against the Colts tonight. 54 points against the Colts at home. I don't want to play Dallas. That's a different team this year. Now, playoffs are a different animal. I know. Right? I get it. But, <laughs> like, I don't have a full vote of confidence in Brock Purdy over Jimmy Garoppolo in a game like that. And that's despite Jimmy G not even having really that great of a track record in the playoffs. I, I just I just don't trust Brock Purdy because I don't know what he is. And I think that's where... I think many fans are kind of finding themselves that is, is like, we liked what we saw, but we don't really know what he is. And I think anybody would say Brock Purdy looked good today. And that final word right there is today. You give the Buccaneers a whole week to prep for Brock Purdy, you give Pete Carroll and that Seattle team and that defense who are always prepared for every team they play, who are having a heck of a year right now, you give them a week to prep for Brock Purdy, I do think we find ourselves having, or at least part of the fan base having, a different conversation. Like, 
yes, I do not believe, like, San Francisco's Super Bowl aspirations are out the window. I, I, I just don't think they are there. Now, can they make some noise? Heck yeah, they can. They have Kyle Shanahan. They have Christian McCaffrey. They got Debo Samuel. They got the number one defense in football. Like, Nick Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year, now leads the NFL in sacks. Like, this team is still really good. They can beat the Giants, Washington. They can beat the Bucks, maybe. But the difference is that, yes, is it possible compared to where my confidence level is with that team, or with this team, excuse me, in that situation? Like, genuinely ask yourself, at the beginning of the season, or even prior to this game, San Francisco is, what, 7-4, and four, coming into this game against the Dolphins. If I would have told you Brock Purdy, just off name value alone, was going to be this team's starting quarterback in a potential playoff game, what would you think the outcome is? I'm going to assume you would say a loss. Now, after the game, maybe your opinion changes. Mine doesn't really. Like, I talked about it on on... 95-7 95-7 the game on Sunday after the game where I said, look, people are saying that Jimmy Garoppolo, his job was just to play point guard and and, and kind of keep this team in the game. He was never going to be the reason why they won the game. And that is eerily similar to what Brock Purdy's job is going to be. Play point card, feed Debo and Chris McCaffrey and Ayuk and Kittle, let them do the dirty work. Like That does not sound too different than what Many fans or most people would say Jimmy Garoppolo's job was. And so I I understand fans thinking, well, where's the drop-off? Like, if Jimmy can do it, why can't Brock Purdy? You saw what he did against the Dolphins. Well, my reaction would be, okay, like, yeah, yeah, like, you're right. But the difference is in the regular season, and I can even argue with the home game in front of the faithful, that... Yes, you can just stay afloat. If Brock Purdy can just stay afloat, keep you afloat, right? You know, be the life jacket to your team. The defense can then be the driving force into helping you swim, right? But going on the road to Dallas or Minnesota, Philadelphia, if you even get to the Super Bowl, and by that point, maybe our opinions change on Brock Purdy, but... Going on the road in a playoff game, you can't float. You have to... Everybody has to find a way to swim. And right now, it's one game, two day, two night. It's not tomorrow. It's not in a week. Right now. And I hope to God Brock Purdy proves me wrong. I hope he takes his team to a championship game and a Super Bowl. And I hope Brock Purdy hoists that sixth Lombardi trophy that has been evading this franchise since 1995. I hope he does that. Because we all want that. I want that. You want that. Who doesn't want that for this organization? (laughs) Like, come on. But I just don't think that's a possibility. Now, you could argue that, well, did you see what the playmakers did today? Yeah. Chris McCaffrey, 25 touches, 146 yards. He was awesome. Like, 
If McCaffrey can do that day in, day out, then maybe we're changing our opinion on the show. Like, maybe we're having a conversation of, like, look, yes, they're limited at quarterback, but CMC and Debo and Ayuk are having such great years. They're playing such a big role. I think they can go, you know, all the way. Maybe that's a conversation we have in five, six weeks. But right now, look, Debo, also great. 10 touches, 109 yards. He was money late in the fourth quarter. Put that offense on his back late in this game. Brandon Ayuk, five catches, 46 yards. Like, the 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 ancillary pieces around Brock Purdy were really good. And this is another thing where I do think fans knock Jimmy of, like, everything around him has to be perfect. Do you not think everything around Brock Purdy has to be even more perfect? Like, yes, Brock Purdy played four years in college. He looks prepared. He looks unafraid, willing to take a shot to win a game. That stuff matters. But come playoff time, veteran experience means so much more. Like, a young quarterback like Trey Lance at times looked overwhelmed with the NFL. And the hope was with more reps, he'd become more comfortable, he'd figure things out. And I do think had he played, that would have happened. Now, how long? I don't know. But the hope was that this year, that was going to be the case. And by late in the season, he'd hit his stride, they'd take off, and they'd become you know, a hopeful playoff favorite or you know whatnot. For Brock Purdy, it's like, look, I don't think this team will ever be a playoff favorite, but I do think that they have a quarterback that doesn't need necessarily that he doesn't need that acclim or or that like he doesn't need the acclimation process. Like he's ready to go now. And I do think that I think San Francisco felt that in the offseason when they said hey Nate Sudfeld goodbye prior to even knowing if Garoppolo could come back. Like they were full steam ahead, Lance Purdy in the preseason. Then Jimmy came back post-Texans game to end the preseason. Like, they were so okay with cutting Nate Sudfeld, who they gave guaranteed money to, that they said, we'll keep Brock Purdy. That's how comfortable they felt with Purdy. Now, I do think that that is a testament to him staying ready, being ready, and I do like Brock Purdy. I do. He's a good kid from a good family, has his head on right, and I do think that he can actually, I do think he can keep this team afloat. The question is, can the defense, can the other offensive weapons take on more of the task, more of the pressure to help this team start to swim come playoff time? And in this game against the Dolphins, they did that. They had, what, four picks or three picks, four takeaways, uh, Jimmy Ward has, what, his third pick of the season or second pick of the season. He was really great in this game. He had the diving pick over Jeff Wilson Jr.'s falling body on the ground. That was a big pick. Snapped a 193 passing attempt streak for Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, Eric Armstead was great in this game. Nick Bosa had three sacks, including a strip sack fumble. that led to a Greenlaw touchdown. Uh, Lenore had a pick finally this year. He was great in this game. Uh, Warner had a pick. He was great in this game, too. Like, there were so many things that were happening for San Francisco that you said, look, that's the avenue 
for winning a championship. Like Greenlaw, huge incompletion on fourth down, uh, guarding Mike Gusecki to force the incompletion. Uh, Drake Jackson, a huge batted ball down. Like everybody was pitching in. And I think right there, that despite me getting goosebumps just talking about it right now, like that right there is what I do think many fans were hoping this team would get to with Jimmy G being the quarterback. Now, with Brock Purdy being the quarterback, I do think that the offense does become more limited. I do think that they're asking, like, Kyle Shanahan has to be in his bag nonstop. Nonstop. Like, there is no room for error now for San Francisco when it comes to Kyle Shanahan's game planning or play calling, which even at times in this game, despite Shanahan being in his bag 90% of the time, there were some plays where you were like, really? <laughs> like, that's what you pick? You need four yards? You're taking a 20-yard shot. Which, okay, it didn't cost you the game, but like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't like that. <laughs> like, maybe you don't. <laughs> so, I just think that now the pressure with Jimmy would have been lesser so. Okay, like, look, like, we have the vet quarterback. He can take some of the pressure off Shanahan where, like, you can tell they were kind of gelling. And even even Garoppolo talked about it in his presser during the week that, look, like, Shanahan has, he, Shanahan has he has aged or he has grown up as a play caller. And I do think that Jimmy was kind of growing up as a player. Where, like, like people forget that Shanahan was a rookie head coach with essentially a rookie quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. And they have grown together. Like, Shanahan has hitched his wagon to Garoppolo. Now, he unhitched it, but somehow it got stuck and he's still trying to get it off, but he can't because <laughs> Trey Lance hasn't been able to complete that process yet. But I just think that now the defense has more pressure. Ayuk and Debo and Kittle and McCaffrey, they have more pressure. The offensive line has to step it up. They were bad today against the Dolphins. Bad. They have to step it up. But I do wonder, to, to pivot slightly, can we just talk about how all the crap these Dolphins players talked? And I didn't even think Raheem Mostert's trash talk was that bad, but they came in with the number one offense since week five, Number two offense total in the NFL with the quarterback having his best year of his career. Likely going to be a pro bowler with two of the best receiving weapons in football in Hill and Waddle. And besides Hill's one touchdown, they didn't do jack squat. They held the number one offense since week five to 17 points. 17 points. In the first play of the game, that was seven of them. Like, take that play out. This this game is, you know, 10 to 10 to 33. Like, San Francisco was amazing defensively in this game. They held Miami's offense, again, one of the most highest scoring offenses in football, to seven points in the second half. I think San Francisco's outscoring their opponents 70 to 7, right? 73, whatever the heck the math is, 79 to 7 in the second half. Like, 
enough cannot be said as to what this defense did today. This makes up for that Chiefs game, in my opinion. Now, you would like Garoppolo to still be your quarterback to go, okay, like we're back, we got things figured out, but how bad were the Dolphins today? They flew across country talking big crap. You know, Tyreek Hill's tweet now, and it was funny because Debo in his, in his post-game presser kind of retorted towards Raheem Mostert's comment of, like, we have better talent now. Debo said, hey, well, I thought they had better talent now. <laughs> he kind of laughed and was like, okay, like, you can tell they took this personal. Like, the Niners looked at Miami and said, you ain't done nothing. You ain't proven nothing. You're a young team that's got off to a hot start. It's played a bunch of bad teams. You mean nothing to us. And because you have former Niners, you think your hot stuff going to come into our town, beat us? Nah. We're going to snap your five-game win streak. We're going to give Tua his first loss as a Dolphins quarterback this year. And we're going to beat you with our number three quarterback. Like San Francisco said it, and pardon my language, but we're going to beat your ass with our third-string quarterback, and you're going to take it, and you're going to like it. And we're going to send you packing back to Miami with your thumb and your finger calling your mama. That's what they did today against the Dolphins. And there are plenty of players to give kudos to or give credit to. Jordan Mason was great. 51 yards. Looked like San Francisco's first power back since, what, Alfred Morris? Maybe Carlos Hyde? Like, he looked like, someone said Marshawn Lynch. That's beast mode. Not going to do that. But he looked like a running back that was running with a purpose. That head was down, I'm going to hit someone hard, and I'm going to punish them. And that's, like, Ty Davis Price... (laughs) is a non-factor. Because Jordan Mason, the undrafted free agent guy, is taking up snaps. I don't know if that's a knock on Mason or or Price, excuse me, but I mean, Jordan Mason looks really, really good in this game. Again, Lenore was great on defense and and, and, in coverage. There were some hidden misses with Hufanga. Like, look, I love Tawanoa Hufanga. He is a star in the making. But what did I tell you coming into this game that worried me the most? And it happened on the first play of this game over pursuing blown coverage by Hufunga and Gibson. Hufunga blew the coverage, Gibson over pursued. And it was like, oh my God, really? Like, this is how we're going to start the game? This is really what we're, this is, this is the statement you want to make now again. They tighten things up outside of Ufunga blowing a second coverage to, to Hill's touchdown, but you give up two big touchdowns a game but play lights out 90% of the time, you get four takeaways, you're going to win. You're going to win. My only concern is that they're going to have to do that every single game from here on out to win in the playoffs, or even get there. Now, look, they're 8-4. and four. They win two more games. I would like to assume they're in the playoffs. You're 10-4 and four at that point, or come season end, 10-7. and seven. It's where you were last year. 
Like you were likely in the playoffs at least as a wild card. So to end, I want to talk about where I see this team finishing. Because week 13, you got what? You got five weeks left of the season. You got to play the Bucks. You got Seattle. You got Washington. You got the Cardinals. You got the Raiders in there. Like, you got a handful of games left. And I do think that San Francisco right now, to me, only has to win two more games the remainder of the season. You finish 10-7, and excuse me, you get in the playoffs. And right now, with the third-string quarterback, you are essentially asking the defense to be the 2,000 Baltimore Ravens and Brock Purdy be your Trent Dilfer. And this, you know, new NFL of high-powered offenses, I don't know if that's even possible anymore, but why not? Why can't that be us? Do I think this team can do that? I don't. I just don't think realistically that's on the table, but it's not like the Eagles didn't win with Nick Foles after losing MVP or was going to be MVP Carson Wentz. It's not like it hasn't happened before. And if Debo is making seven guys miss and McCaffrey's having an amazing game and they're combining for 35 touches and over 270 yards, why can't we do that, right? You only have to do that for essentially two more games. Just get in. But the beautiful thing is, is that I think this team thinks they can win every single game to end the season. And they're riding hot now, and an injury like Garoppolo's could take the wind out of your sails. But to me, a veteran team like this, with the resiliency, they didn't, mentally, they did not seem to skip a beat. Despite the heartbreak of the injury, despite... What could have been taking you know, them, them mentally out of the game, they stuck in it the entire time. And they are going to provide Brock Purdy the... Like, they are going to surround him with, you know, how to get better. They're going to show him how to be a vet. They're also going to come around him and say, we support you. Like, we always talk about how Jimmy Garoppolo empowers other players that, hey, I may not be the best quarterback. I'm going to empower Debo and, and, and McCaffrey and Ayuk to be their best. I do think now it is the Niners offensive weapons and defensive like Debo and McCaffrey and, and Kittle. Now it's their turn to return the favor and empower Brock Purdy to be his best. And I do think that this team is still going to make the playoffs. Now, what is their height? What is, like, how far can they go? I don't know. It's a big question mark, and I don't know. I hope it's to the very end. And it's a picture of Purdy holding a Lombardi trophy, and it's a picture of Garoppolo in the back smiling, saying, I played a part in this. But I don't know. But we're going to find out. And that preparation starts now, because you have Tom Brady, who... We won't get to see play Jimmy Garoppolo again. Why, God, why? But we're not going to see him play Jimmy. But it's Tom Brady against Brock Purdy. 
where Tom Brady has played in the NFL longer than Brock Purdy has been alive. San Francisco needs two more wins. And I can argue that you beat the Bucks and you beat Seattle in Seattle to hold that tiebreaker and be 5-0 in the division. That game now becomes the biggest game of the year. Because your season could rely on beating Geno Smith, Pete Carroll in Seattle in two weeks on Thursday night football. There's a lot of season left. A lot of ups and downs to come. My only hope is that this veteran team that has been through so much can weather this storm and keep this team on track. You are two games, likely two games away from the playoffs, and let's see what happens. So look, San Francisco got the win. They're 8-4 on the season, beating the Dolphins 33-17. They beat the number one offense in football since Week 5 held them to 17 points, one of those touchdowns coming on the first play of the game. They got four takeaways. It was a dominant win for San Francisco. Miami had no, like, they got smacked in the mouth. They were getting pissed and angry. They made the top offense look lost and foolish and frustrated on Sunday. Let's be happy in that. Let's soak that up. We have no idea what's to come. We, we can only have hope. And like my nerdy self would say, for the love of God, if Brock Purdy has to be Luke Skywalker and be our new hope, by all means, let's make this thing a freaking trilogy and go out on top, right? Let's make the last end of the season. Like, if this is our new hope, and let's say we lose to Seattle, let's make the playoffs our return of the Jedi. Let, let's end the series on top, and there ain't no Force Awakens, ain't no Last Jedi, and there ain't gonna be no Rise of Skywalker in this story. My God. But that being said, let's go out on top. Let's have hope. All you can do is have hope. Because none of us know what Brock Purdy is, but we do know what this team can do. Day in, day out. And so look... If you want to go to that game next Sunday and watch Tom Brady play Brock Purdy, you want to watch this number one defense in football play Tom Brady for the first time in Levi Stadium, you're going to want to use promo code 49ERSACCESS. 49ERSACCESS. Save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. You want to go to that Seattle game in two weeks to support your faithful on the road? You can still use that promo code 49ersaccess at SeatGeek.com. Save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. Also, it's the holidays. Use our Fanatics link down in the description. If you want to buy a Brock Purdy jersey, no one's stopping you. Save some money in the meantime and also support the show while you're at it. Use that Fanatics link down in our description. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the Instagram. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter. My name is Sterling Bennett. This has been the 49er Access Podcast. And until next time, stay faithful. Put
try best to stop.